Well, looking at the markets this morning, you might be mistaken for thinking that Vladimir Putin has resigned. But no, the war is still on, just as messy as ever. But equities have risen, oil is down, and bond yields are rising. We'll try and make sense of this sudden shift in sentiment. And the ECB meeting today, and the EU looking at that idea of bonds to guard against Russian dependency and threats. Plus, Philip Lowe, did he really change anyone's thinking yesterday? Is an Aussie rate this year more likely or less likely? And US inflation numbers tonight. Remember when inflation actually seem to be the most important thing we're talking about. It's Thursday, the 10th of March, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, another big fall in the US dollar. It's down 1.1% on the DXY, thanks to a big rise in the euro. It's up 1.6% this morning. The Aussie also up over 0.7%. The pound up 0.6%. Equities, which finished down at close yesterday, bouncing back up today. The Nasdaq at close up 3.6%. The S&P 500 up 2.6%. And the Dow closing 2% up in Europe. Well, the Eurostoxx 50 finished the day up 7.4%. The FTSE 100 up 3.2%. The DAX up almost 8% in a day. And bond yields rising. 10-year treasuries up 8 basis points. German bonds up 10. 10-year gilts up 8 basis points as well. Even oil has come back down today. Brent down 12% to below $113. WTI down more than 11%. So the risk sentiment really has swung around again. We had a bit of a false start with it yesterday, but it's full on today. Although it's fair to say the VIX index is still sitting pretty high at 32. So what has changed? Well, here's NAB's Gavin Friend in London. Um, I- I'm wondering because I'm, you know, you might look at this and uh, if you wake up and think what's going on, you might think that uh, Vladimir Putin has given up but not the case the war is still going on it's still pretty dirty but the markets uh, are uh, taking an optimistic outlook clearly mm, morning phil they are indeed i mean just on that um, outsized gain in european stocks you know mm. they're the ones that have been hit the hardest uh, so therefore any kind of bounce back would see that and the oil news uh, coming from a couple of uh, different uh, sides we'll go into that in a second but i mean you know what's driving this 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 bigger cross market uh, sort of move back into risk. A um, couple of things, really. I think the biggest thing, again, none of this is concrete at the moment, but recall on Monday we had comments from Kremlin spokesman Peskov talking mm. about Russia possibly accepting U- Ukraine, declaring its neutrality rather than Russia sort of seeking regime change. In other words, it doesn't want. Ukraine continuing with its NATO ambitions, but would, would accept some kind of middle ground of neutrality. The Kremlin, uh, it should be said, it's, this is not coming from the mouth of Putin himself. It's his spokesman um, continued with this line today. And then we had late Tuesday, President Zelensky on ABC News talking of being open to dialogue mm. uh, and no longer insisting on NATO membership. Again, we haven't heard that from him to, again today, but a senior Ukrainian government spokesman said Ukraine was open to discussions on neutrality. But then we have Russia also wanting Ukraine to acknowledge, you know, as we'd heard earlier this week on you know, the uh, the annexation of Crimea in 2014 and the existence of the two separatist breakaway regions, Donetsk and Luhansk, yeah. they should be recognized as independent. So Zelensky said, you know, late on Tuesday, he's open to dialogue here, but he wants to know how those people in that Donbass region there down in the southeast, will, those that want to remain in Ukraine, because there's quite a few of them that, that are fancy, you know, moving over to the Russian side. Um, what happens to them? So that you know, um, and slightly confusing the issue later uh, on Wednesday is a Ukrainian spokesman saying that Ukraine would not give an inch 
on territory, i.e. it's open to the neutrality question, but not on the territory. So we're not quite sure. That doesn't quite gel with what ABC quoted um, Zelensky is saying. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's very tempting to draw conclusions from what has happened to both sides, Ukraine and Russia, over the last 13 tragic days. But doesn't it seem more likely that there will be some sort of compromise like that the longer this goes on? Because no side is making clear gains. Russia obviously is finding it harder than they imagined. So some sort of compromise seems more likely, doesn't it? And look, I mean, and, and, and you know, Russia must be feeling the hurt as more and more of these sanctions take place as well. So they, they are going to be looking for a compromise. We, we 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 can only speculate, can't we? On and that, I, I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, we've all been reading within you know um, intensely what what's been going on the mood music on both sides, and mm-hmm. and and to my point, it's tempting to draw conclusions of what has happened to both sides over the last thirteen days. Is starting to see both sides see things in a different light. Um, we can only hope that there is enough there. Um, and it, on the face of it, it looks promising, and clearly the markets see that as well. There is a finance minister's meeting, sorry, a foreign minister's meeting of these two countries in Turkey later today. Let's hope that that gets the debate further forward. But mm. I, I would, I would point out that it's Zelensky that's saying really it is only the two presidents that can sort this thing out. The other big story is the one that kind of broke earlier in the week and is coming now. You know, later today in Versailles. EU leaders yeah. gathering for a couple of days to talk about what to do about this and the idea of uh, Europe coming together to issue more joint debt to finance a faster push into alternative green, you know, renewable energy sources um, after the hit from Russia and also to boost defence spending and short term spending for things like you know, um, energy subsidies. Um, we can come on to that in a bit in a second because well, it, it kind of it's, touches it's happen- over with the ECB, really. Yeah, it's going to say it's yeah. happening almost at the same time as the ECB, isn't it? So let's talk about both of them together because, I mean, uh, clearly ECB's already said that they're going to uh, put an end to uh, purchases under the PEP programme uh, from this meeting. It's, it's almost semantics, isn't it, really? So we're going to stop buying those bonds. We're going to go buy these new bonds over here at some point, perhaps. Well, let's not, let's not run before we can walk. I mean, there's a long way to go before we can get that. Europe is moving at lightning speed on some things like... You know, are you know sending sending money to yeah. to, to Ukraine for 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 its uh, its defence and the rest of it? Um, there is a lot of pushback on this idea of issuing more bonds at this point from countries like you would expect Germany, Netherlands, Austria. They don't think it's we should be moving uh, quickly to that situation yet. I don't know what would you know what needs to happen for them to sort of think mm. otherwise. But um, clearly, you know, if we're going to go, if Europe is going to go back into you know relying on some of these dirty hydrocarbon fuels um, to keep the lights on, then it's going to have to go even faster to mm. get to where it wants to go on climate change. And so it makes sense that they do this. And there will be no shortage of buyers, you know, for these kinds of things. I mean, it could be a win-win, couldn't it, down the road? Yeah. Um, you've got to get all your ducks in a row first. Um, What's that going to do to yields? So you don't think it's necessarily going to be the case that the central bank has to buy them up? They'll they'll just be, they'll just go on the open market. Oh be- no, yeah. So 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 like like the the next generation recovery fund, mm. the commission will tap the markets and then distribute the funds to the individual countries. Uh, it'll be joint joint borrowing, mm. um, and uh, the the ECB's role in this is more. And I'm sure Christine Lagarde, you know, she loves a she loves a stage. Uh, we'll be talking about keeping liquidity going we might see some sort of rolling over of the of the tltros the uh, yeah. uh, the long term uh, easy um, you know loan program 
that might uh, be rolled over. Just keeping things on the, on the even keel. The ECB has got its own problems in terms of they're not going to do any policy changes tomorrow, anything like that. They've got their own problems worrying about this really big terms of trade shock that Europe is now finding because of you know the cost of its imports are just going through the roof. Um, and so all else equal, um, and of course things aren't always equal, but all else equal, that suggests there's some big downside. If, if to the extent that energy prices just keep going and stay elevated, um, you know that that's that's there's a long-term pr- downward pressure on the currency on this, which would thereby and the current account deficit, sorry, the current account surplus moves down, is eroded over time, and may well go into deficit. Um, and the the ECB will not want to be seeing its currency falling and adding to its inflation problems. Mm. So there's a whole question here about how does it face into that. It won't be looking to protect certain levels like parity. It will worry about big step changes, you know, a 10% move over a very short period of time, those kinds of things. And what does it do? Does it intervene? Is it because the dollar's surging? Uh, is it, uh, will it, will it raise rates slightly to try and protect <clears throat> You know, the currency in a way, mm. but then perhaps look at QE. Lots of things are on the table. We're not there yet. And because of the moves we're talking about today, that doesn't seem to be like anything it needs to be discussing at the moment. So right. it but will be just, running. This is just it, one day, isn't it? I mean, there, 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 could be a, there could be an element of buying the dip. I mean, tomorrow we could be back where we were at the start of the week, couldn't we? Well, let's look. I mean, you know, we're at 108 uh, on Monday. We're at almost at 111. Mm. You know, um, the euro, so that's a move of 2.5%. Against the Aussie, the euro's up. Three and a half percent against the Kiwi, it's up three point three percent. I mean, these are really big moves. Um, we what? need to see. We need to prepare for disappointment that we're not there yet on the European fund. Mm. We don't know what's going to come out on the Ukraine thing. So there are, you know, again, it's it's kind of we we'd like to be really positive about this EU idea. Uh, we'd like to obviously be very positive about the discussions. One can hope. But, you know, in this febrile environment, markets are apt to swing all over the place because the news is not going to be one way. It's going to be, even if it does go that way, we're going to get disappointment before we get yeah. to where we want to go. As always with the EU, of course. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, talking well, about... No, all... and, and, with, and, and with the war. And with the war. And with the war as well. And with the Aussie dollar. So let's look at that, because that's been performing, and the Kiwi. Uh, you know, we had a had a risk-on mood yesterday for a large chunk of the day, but that switched late in the session. But while it was risk-on, the Aussie dollar was down. Earlier in the week, strong risk-off, the Aussie dollar was up. Today, commodities <laughs> down sharply. The one thing that's been boosting the Aussie, but today, even though uh, commodities are falling, the Aussie is up can you make sense of all of that well i think it's different times different places isn't it clearly on uh, earlier on the week you know when the euro was getting hit um you know again it's that terms of trade story the terms of trade was killing the euro and it was boosting the aussie Mm. today we've morphed into a general risk on thing you know commodity currencies are coming off your point is why is it why is the aussie not coming off they're still very elevated. Mm. Commodity prices are still very, very high. Yeah, yeah. The terms of trade boost that Australia gets is still a boost at these levels. And we had the UAE saying that uh, OPEC countries should uh, all boost oil faster. 
so we'll see how uh, how that goes. Yeah, but, yeah. So there's, there's there's positive moves coming through through yeah. through the OPEC Plus channel as well, which you know mm. that's why oil's down seventeen percent on the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Perhaps less of the plus, more of the OPEC. Uh, so quickly looking at Philip Lowe yesterday. I mean, he didn't say a great deal. Did he? he was speaking at the AFR Business Summit. Uh, he did speak about Ukraine, though. Uh, you know that that was a source of uncertainty, which meant there was more room for patience in taking the RBA bingo words, uh, and uh, that meant it was plausible, another bingo word, that the cash rate's going to go up this year. I'm not sure whether, whether there's anything new there or whether he was actually saying it's more likely than before. I mean, he's basically saying, let's wait and see, which is what he's been saying all along, isn't it? Yeah, he's inching along there. The inflation risks have clearly moved to the upside, he acknowledged. Mm. He still thinks, however, that wage growth is needed to sustain inflation, you know, in that 2 to 3% band, and that the risk is if the RBA moves too early, that will impede the opportunity to secure even lower an even lower unemployment rate. So, you know, low Governor Lowe really is looking for maximum employment um, in a way that only, you know, Jay Powell, the Fed, would love to do, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and he is here relying on Australia's starting point for wage growth and underlying inflation, which is much lower than in the US or the UK or Canada or Germany. Um, yeah. You know, and so, you know, um, he argues that most Australian workers aren't seeing wage growth increases of much more than two, two, two point something percent. Um, and then again, to your point there, he, he, he's, he's acknowledging the sort of the global, the negative feedback route that come through from, uh, from the Ukraine situation. But inflation and jobs, we saw both of those in the Westpac uh, Consumer Sentiment Survey yesterday, which went from uh, went down from 100.8 to 96.6. But that is because there is rising inflation concerns, the highest in- concerns for inflation in Australia in 14 years. Uh, but also falling concerns about unemployment. So there's the two signs that the RBA would have to move faster. I mean, it's all, all there in the numbers, isn't it? So what, where do we go now then? I mean, how are the markets going to respond to, to anything? It's all down to what happens next in Ukraine, and we don't know that. What we do know is that, for example, uh, Secretary of State Blinken and uh, Liz Truss, the UK's foreign secretary, they held a joint press conference earlier today, they said they're going to do more to defeat Russia. They didn't really say too much. I mean, uh, Blinken said Putin's going to fail and Russia will suffer strategic defeat. Well, yeah, they hope so. Uh, they both condemned an attack on a maternity hospital. That's what's been happening overnight. Um, Poland wants to get MiG fighters uh, so that the Ukrainians can fly them, but the US doesn't want to get involved in the logistics of that. So that, that's all the news on the... Uh, and for good they? reason, because mm. because like the no-fly zone, they yeah, don't want anything war. that sees war. you know US, US yeah. planes going across... Uh, you know, um, uh, Ukrainian skies uh, tussling with uh, um, Russian MiGs. Uh, so ECB tonight, we've talked about that already. The other thing tonight is US CPI expected to bump up to 7.8% year on year. Uh, be no surprises here, I don't think. No. Um, you know, now prior to the invasion, there was this, there's a view amongst a number of economists that we're getting to the peak here now that the that the headline rate should peak in um, March, so that'll be next month. Next right. month's numbers, and then the core rate will be peak perhaps the, the month after. Obviously, in, in light of what's happened, yeah. you know, yeah, that that thing might get delayed. But you know, the things that are that the things that are going to peak that are still going to peak that. So it's kind of you know maybe down then up again. I mean, it it, it you know it's it's a messy picture again. Mm-hmm. We come to how long is this thing going to last for? You could have just said, because it saved ourselves 15 minutes, you could have just said it's a messy picture and we could have all agreed with you. Uh, <laughs> it's a good point to end on. <laughs> Gavin, good to talk. See you soon. Yes, and that's how it all is this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.